Shalom everybody, we're here in the Breslov Main Synagogue in Me'asharim in Jerusalem, Israel. This behind me over here is the chair of Rabbi Nachman. Can you believe it? It's been fixed over, upholstered, but it's still here, it's still intact. This was the actual chair that Rabbi Nachman sat on, okay? Um, right now we're before the period of Purim, and a lot of encouragement is needed to emphasize and infuse people with this gift, the power of what Purim can do for a person. In the Torah world in general, not so much is emphasized about Purim. Purim is Purim, people are happy, people are married, people get drunk, do the mitzvot. Rabbi Nachman though, I mean, based obviously on the Kabbalah and the Midrash and the Zohar, Rabbi Nachman gives a major, major emphasis on the power and benefit that Purim can do to a person. This includes the preparation now, before Purim, and especially the day itself, and obviously, finally, there are percussions after Purim. So in breast of circles, because of this emphasis, and how Rabbi Nachman stressed it, especially how Rav Nossin, his disciple, understood from Rabbi Nachman, this period before Purim is a golden, golden time to daven to Hashem, to ask for what we would call modern-day, quote-unquote, Purim miracles, both on a personal level and on a national level, on an international level, whatever. But to get things moving, that's the whole idea of Purim. If you want to sum it up in one phrase, the summary of the message of Purim is what is recited on the night of Purim after reading the Megillah, at least by the Ashkenazim, Lehodia. It's in that little prayer called Shoshana Te'akov. Lehodia shekol kovecha lo yevoshu velo yikalmu lanetzach kol achosim bach. The message of Purim is to make known that all those who turn to you, Hashem, and rely on you, Hashem, they will not be put to shame for that. And they won't be embarrassed and shamed forever. In other words, there's an opening and a miracle for things to happen and change for a person if he puts his faith and trust in Hashem. This is the gift of Purim. This is what we can daven for, especially now. In Breast of Circles, they mention the idea of asking Hashem to save me from the evil force of Haman Amalek and sanctify me with the light of Mordechai and Esther. Which means, it translates as, the klipa, the evil force of Haman Amalek, is all the heresy and all of the doubts and depression and frustration and sadness that a, and futility that a person goes into because of the onslaught of attack of the Yitzhara in his life, of the evil side in his life, and that a person feels just wasted and garbage and, and it's all over, God forbid, and Hashem doesn't love me and my prayers don't add up to anything and no one's listening anyways, I'm knocking on the door for years. That's Haman Amalek. And the light of Mordechai and Esther is the light of hope because even in the simple story of Purim, of Mordechai and Esther, we see that the whole secret here was that Mordechai, first of all, didn't give up. He was crying out when the decree from, Mordechai, from Haman was issued. He was crying out. Plus, he told Esther, don't you give up. Don't be afraid. This is your challenge. You have to face your fear. You're doing this for the sake of the Jewish people. You must confront this fear and go ahead with it because you know this is the only thing that you can do and this is what must be done. It was thanks to Mordechai giving strength to Esther that the whole miracle started. 
That led to one thing, that led to the other thing, the, the, the feast of, of, of Achashverosh with, with Esther, Esther's meal with Achashverosh, and then the downfall of Haman, and the timing and everything, and Mordechai, everything is this divine providence at an amazing level. And all this is due to Mordechai not giving up and pushing forward for davening, and that there's still hope. We don't know how the hope is going to be, but we know that davening and turning to Hashem won't leave us at a dead end. There'll be hope for that, God willing, okay? So this is the big point of, of the poem story. Plus, another, another fascinating point is that the whole miracle of Purim took place within nature. It's like splitting of the Red Sea and the, the exodus from Egypt and the ten plagues, that there was open miracles and you see people flying in the air and this and that. Here by Purim, it was in the Teva itself, in the nature itself, that Hashem did the biggest things to show that His love for the Jewish people and to give them hope. This, Rabbi Nachman points out, Rabbi Nassim points this out also in his discourses, is the biggest miracle. That Hashem is revealed and made known with supernatural miracles. That's not a chidush, that's nothing so out of the ordinary. That's, that's obvious. What's the chidush? What's the amazing insight? What's novel here? Is that when through nature itself, Hashem is revealed. Through nature, the course of nature, the things, miracles happen, but within nature... Hashem's greatness is revealed much, much greater, and that's what Hashem wants. That's why the sages said, for example, that in time to come in the future, all festivals will cease to exist. All the festivals will be no reason to continue to exist, but Purim will continue to exist. Purim will continue to happen after Mashiach comes, because the whole miracle of Purim is associated, Rav Nosson explains, with the future redemption. The future redemption, Rabbi Nachman says, that when Mashiach comes, he won't even shoot a single missile. He'll have the whole world under his feet without having to shoot a single bomb, a single missile, like people think there's going to be like war and destruction and killing and power. And Mashiach's going to get everybody in the most unexpected way. How? We don't know. But he's going to get the whole world under his feet all the leaders of the nations, everyone is going to come to recognize Hashem and crown Mashiach as the king, all through the power of nature. No supernatural crazy things happening, which were there, the person's free will is taken away, and obviously he will believe. We won't need that. It'll be a revelation through nature. Because of that, Purim will continue to exist. So going back, the Breslaver Hasidim take this time very much to prepare for Purim. In the davening, they ask to be able to fulfill all the mitzvot of Purim to the maximum. Davening that everything should work out. That the Megillah reading should be very enhanced. That I should be able to connect on a deeper personal meaning to the Megillah Esther reading on the night of Purim and on the day. I should feel the amazing connection to every Jew when I do the mitzvot of giving charity, giving alms to the poor, matanot evyonim, and when I give meals and food items to my friends, that should enhance my love for the Jewish people. But Rav Nosen writes, the climax of the whole Purim ceremony is to get to the simcha, the joy of the meal, the joy of Purim, which is the result of the meal and getting merry and drinking and everything. That joy, if a person merits to tap into what's called the Simcha of Purim, 
that is a major, major protection and aid and assistance for a person. He says on a physical level, Rabbi Nachman, that it helps a person to be, to be spared from even a drop of chametz on Pesach. On a deeper meaning, it means to help a person that he should have no souring, no leavening of the thoughts. That his emunah and his fear of Hashem and his purity and holiness should be crystal, crystal clear and, and upfront and noticeable and accessible to a person. And the evil should be totally submitted and subdued. This is the big miracle. Plus, he teaches, Binachman, that Siftotav Shoshanim, the verse reads in Shir Asherim, Songs of Songs. Rabbi Nachman uses this proof, this verse. Siftotav, the lips are like roses. Siftotav Shoshanim. His lips are, are red as roses. And Rabbi Nachman interprets Siftotav, spe- lips refer to the power of speech. The power of speech he associates with Pesach. Pesach, Rabbi Nachman quotes the Arizal, is made up of two words. Pe, Sach. A ped, a mouth that converses, that speaks. In other words, expression of prayer comes out on Pesach. Just like it's Aviv, it's, 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 uh, it's springtime, right? When the, the grasses begin to grow and the vegetation begins to sprout, it's spring, right? So too, the speech also is beginning to come out, which was dormant in the cold winter, which represents what a person's going through cold, darky moments and sad and heaviness and, and slothfulness and laziness and lowliness. That's the opposite of speaking. And Pesach is the idea of speech coming out. So he teaches Siftotav, the lips, which is speech, is due to Shoshanim. Shoshanim is referring to Purim. Shoshana Yaakov, like we say, right? Shoshana Yaakov, Shoshana, I think it's Gematria Esther, if I recall properly, or Mordechai, or both, I forget exactly. But Siftotav Shoshanim, Rabbi Nachman teaches that Pesach is through Purim. It's his beautiful innovation, innovative insight, Rabbi Nachman, that the key to Pesach is specifically through Purim. He teaches Rabbi Nachman, you want Pesach, you want the spiritual Pesach, you want the level of, of holiness available on Pesach, through Pesach, due to Pesach, invest already in Purim. If you invest properly in the mitzvot of Purim, especially the joy of Purim, as a result, you get Pesach. If you invest on the joy of Purim, where the joy is, even though I am as I am, I believe, those who turn to Hashem, even though they, has, they, has, they are as they are, but they have hope in Hashem, okay? And, and through that, yet I am as I am, and I'm able to tap into the greatest levels of joy, even though I am as I am, which is the Simcha of Purim. The Simcha of Purim is even though I am as I am, I'm still able to be happy at the highest of levels, like the person who just won the lottery. You ask him, what happened? I said, nothing. We mean nothing. So why are you so happy? I'm happy because I feel the true joy of being a Jew, the true joy that I know Hashem is always there for me no matter what I've done, because He knows I'm sincere, and I from time to time express my sincerity. I try my best to express my sincerity in prayer and davening and good deeds, and Hashem knows that, and Hashem loves me because of that, and I know He loves me because of that, and this leads me to have the true simcha of Purim. As a result, a person reaches the high levels of Pesach, the Kedusha of Pesach. This is really part of the preparation before Purim. And this leads to poor miracles. Poor miracles meaning a person has many difficulties in life, financial difficulties, right, health issues, 
Shalom Bayit issues, children, and all the more so spiritual struggles. He can't get up in the morning to daven on time. He can't daven with a minion. His learning is upside down. His midot is upside down. He feels like his guarding of the breed, his, 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 his moral purity is just down the drain, God forbid. He doesn't guard his eyes, doesn't guard his thoughts. A person feels wasted on all corners, all directions, right? And yet he davens before Purim to have a poor miracle in this area. This is the idea of the davening before Purim. This is the whole idea. This is the, the, the gift of, the, of, the, of this period, the opportunity for davening. So we say, why don't you save all that to daven on Purim? There's davening on Purim. And is davening as a preparation for Purim. And the preparation davening, believe it or not, is the greatest period. When you prepare for a mitzvah, Rav Nosson writes, sometimes the preparation and the yearning itself for the mitzvah is greater than the mitzvah itself because the yearning to do something holy is what gives value to the item at the end. The item itself, it was, this, it was done. The yearning generated to do the item, Rav Nosson writes, in Hashem's eyes, the ratzon, of a Jew to do something is even at times greater than the mitzvah itself. That's the idea of, of davening and yearning for something in holiness. Not just to sit by and wait for it, waited for it to, to come by. Okay, it came by, it went through and it passed over. That's not Judaism. Judaism, Rabbi Nachman Rav Nosson teaches, is your yearning builds your connection. An example, just to give an example, there was a breast liver. His name was Rav Naftali Dubinsky, and he was in Siberia in exile, in prison in Siberia for several years. And in those several years, at least four years, he did not once put on tefillin, okay? And as soon as he came out from prison and he came to some Jewish community, the first thing he asked was to put on tefillin. And when he put on the tefillin, he was so crying and overwhelmed, he fainted. While putting on the tefillin, he fainted due to the years of davening and yearning and crying to put once again on tefillin, the yearning was so intense that when he came to do the mitzvah itself, he, he fainted. He tried to do it. He did it in the end. But he fainted from the extreme yearning and longing for years and years to get to, get to do a mitzvah. So too, Rav Nosson Rabbi Nachman, they teach, the main thing that builds a person in life is his yearning for, for a mitzvah, yearning for something good. This is the gift. This is something which is which, which is what builds up the item, God willing. So in breast of circles, the davening before Purim is a high. Then there's what's called the davening of Purim itself. Uh, there's a teaching from the Maggid of Mizvich who explains the halacha. The halacha is that on Purim, you give tzedakah to everybody. No questions asked. Your neighbor has a Rolls Royce, has a mansion. He comes around Purim asking for tzedakah, you give to him. That's the halacha. You don't ask questions. I know this guy has money and this and that. No questions. Okay? So the Maggid explains this halacha in relation also between man and God. It's the one day of the year that Hashem, His bank account is open to all. Hashem is open to everybody. Anyone who sticks out their hand to ask of Hashem, Hashem gives. This means the davening on Purim, the personal request and davening on Purim is very precious very powerful and a major, major, amazing investment. Because of that, in Breslov communities, people try to get up early in the morning because during the day, the day is hectic with all the mitzvot of the day. It's crazy and everything because you're, you're busy doing mishlach manot, matanot yavanim, getting drunk, eating and everything. So with the Purim itself, the davening, we can have quality davening, is ideal 
after midnight, before dawn, that's the best time to daven, before the daily rush of the mitzvah of the day starts, so to get into the davening of Purim. We'll stop here right now. May you have a beautiful Purim experience and use the utensils and weapons we spoke about.